You're listening to a message from Highway Church entitled, Leading Love. Enjoy. Yes, yes, praise the Lord. This is exciting. I uh, want to thank Joseph for asking me. And I first, I want to thank God. I just came in here this morning with an overwhelming um, awareness that I wouldn't be here unless God had chased after me. <laughs> and I have to thank God first. Um, I was born into a family that was a believing family and took me right from the hospital right to church. So I was right in the nursery and I've been in church um, for all of my life. And th that was nothing of my doing. That was the grace of God. And um, that's what he had planned for me. So I thank him for that. I thank him for Jesus for sending his son to die on the cross because I really... Um, just like all of us, needed a savior <laughs> and uh, needed to be redeemed. And so I thank him for that. And I just thank him for the word because the word is what gives us life and uh, inspiration. And I love the word. Every time I pop up here, I find myself saying, I love the word. And it just invigorates me, the Bible. It invigorates me. It gives me life. And I'm excited to be able to share that. So thank you, Joseph. Uh, you know, husbands don't always um, see, I mean, w those of us in Highway Church do, but, uh, you know, husbands don't always see the gift of God in their wives. They maybe, maybe they see and they don't like it, <laughs> or maybe they see and they don't want to, and they want to hide it, or maybe they don't even recognize the gifts of God at all in their spouse. But I thank God for Joseph, that he um, encourages me in the things of God. And so thank you for that. And I want to thank you guys for being here this morning and for agreeing with me right now um, that God will supply to us what we need by his spirit. I need your agreement this morning. I need your agreement this morning. Um, you know, uh, I read this week somewhere, you know, if I, if I go uh, over 20 minutes, I'll be a uh, windbag. <laughs> if I don't go 30 minutes, I'll not have prepared. So, you know, it's, I want you to forget about me. I want you to forget about, uh, you know, uh, wh how long I go, what I might say, what I'm wearing, all this stuff. Just, just forget about all of that. And let's agree to look to the Spirit of God this morning. Because the Spirit of God, you know, we spend time in the presence of God. We sang about it this morning. And we spend time in the presence of God, and um, we receive things from the Word of God when we're reading it. Something will just light up inside of us, and that's hard sometimes to put words to, but, you know, I'm going to be sharing with you this morning the things that were lit up in me as I spent time with the Lord, and in order for them to light up for you, I need you to be in agreement to listen for the Spirit of God, not listen to me, uh, not listen or look at the clock or whatever. <laughs> I'll do that. <laughs> <laughs> which I have to turn it here so I can see it a little bit more. Um, so if you just agree with me, and the Bible calls it utterance, um, where the Spirit of God, it's called a door of speech, as some translations say, a door of speech, that the Spirit of God would open a door, that we'd be able to hear from the Spirit of God this morning. All right, so we're going to agree to do that. Last week, Joseph ended his series on the glory days, the glory of God in us. And the thing that he said is that if you are born again, Christ lives inside of you. If you are born again, Christ lives inside of you. And um, that's 
we're going to talk about the effect of that in just a minute. So let's pray together. Let's agree and let's um, look for the Spirit of God to do what he wants to do in this place. Father, we thank you for this time. And we thank you, Lord, for your calling on us, on this church, and on us individually and corporately. Lord, we are looking right now. We come to church so that we can get something. <laughs> we're not ashamed about it. We're here to receive from you, Lord God. You freely give and we're here to receive. So our hearts are open to you right now. Our ears are open to perceive and to hear correctly, God, what it is that you have to say to us. Father, thank you for the Spirit of God who is our teacher. We're listening right now and you be glorified in all the things that are done in this time. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. As I was getting ready to do this, uh, the Lord reminded me that I have a spiritual birthday this week. Yay! August 5th is the day that I gave my life to the Lord. That is that I made a choice to name Jesus Christ as the Lord of my life, and I made a choice to follow Christ. I told you that I was born into a family that went to church, but at some time along the way, uh, you have to make a choice. What are you going to do about Jesus? And so um, I was... It was um, August 5th, 1984. So I'm not telling you how old I was, but I want you to know how old I am in spiritual birthday. I'm 30 years old this week. So So that's good enough, right? That's all you need to know. So no, 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 no. No, I'm not ashamed of age at all. God will be glorified in all things. But um, I gave my life to the Lord. It was an exciting thing, so I, I want to thank him for that. But Christ came alive in me when I made that choice, when I decided to follow him, when I decided that I would make him and I would declare out of my mouth that Jesus is my Lord. That was August 5th, 1984. I was, how old was I? Almost 13. <laughs> so, but I, I want to look at the word. Let's look, and what I want to say is that the love that we have for God is nothing more than a response to his love for us. You know, whenever I was sitting, I was at church camp, I'll tell you a little bit about the situation, and they made an altar call, but prior to that, about three or four years prior to that, when everybody was like eight, nine years old, and in my church, the belief was that you had to be baptized to be saved. Of course, we know that the scripture doesn't say that or indicate that. We are to be baptized, but the baptism in water doesn't secure your salvation, all right? So, but this particular church that I went in is, uh, believed that and taught that. Well, all the kids that were my age, eight, nine, 10, everybody around that age decided, oh, this is the time, this is the time, we've all gotta go get baptized. Well, I resisted that. I didn't wanna do it, because everybody was doing it. And, uh, and so, um, about a couple years later, in 1984, when I was at camp, an altar call was made, and I understood at that time, there's nobody who will love me more or better than God. And what else am I going to do with my life? And where else can I go? What else will I pursue that is higher or greater than God? And so I made a choice that day, and Christ came to live in me. And so that's um, my testimony. Our love for God is a response to his love for us, and his love is a leading love. That's what the title of this message is, leading love. And I want to look at 1 John 4, 15 through 19. Let's read that. Now, 1 John not the gospel, but the tiny little book in the back. First John chapter 4, verses 15 through 19. And I'm going to read from the King James. It says, Whoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in him, and he in God. 
And we have known and believed the love that God hath to us. God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. Verse 17 says, herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. 18, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. And verse 19, we love him because he first loved us. I just want to show you in verse 15, let's go back up to verse 15 quickly. Whoever shall confess that Jesus is the son of God. I told you I was in church all of my life since week three probably. <laughs> but there came a point when I had to confess that Jesus is the son of God. I had to own him for myself. I had to name him as mine. And that came August 5th, 1984. And at that point, it's by confession, the scripture says that God dwells in me. A lot of people think that God just is in everybody and in everything. And you can see God is in the trees and God is in the sun. And that's not true. God dwells in those who confess that Jesus is the son. And it tells us that here in 1 John 15. It's by confession, by saying, by owning that Jesus is my Lord, that God now dwells in him and he in God. And look at verse 16. I was so impressed by this. this or rather, I should say, this was a major impression in my time with the Lord. Verse 16. We have known and believed the love of God. God is love. He that dwelleth. In love dwelleth in God and God in him. You know, you both are necessary if we're going to continue in love. You've got to know the love of God and you have to believe the love of God. And you might say, what are you talking about, Jennifer? <laughs> well, both are necessary. We need to do both to know and believe. Do you know that you can experience love and reject the belief? You know, God is daily supplying and providing and protecting and taking care of people, and yet they reject the belief. They say, oh, God couldn't possibly love me. <laughs> and every day he's pouring out on them, and every day he's trying to win them and trying to woo them and trying to draw them to him, and he's pouring out love on them, favoring them, and yet they can turn and reject and say, no, I, I just, I don't believe God could love me. And on the other hand, too, you can believe that God loves you, and reject the experience of God's love. You can say all day, all long, all the time for the rest of your life, oh yes, I believe God loves me, and yet you won't receive from God. God will make provision in your life and you'll reject it. You'll say, no, no, I couldn't possibly take that. Or no, I couldn't possibly receive that. Uh, no, that, that couldn't possibly be for me. No, you need both to know the love of God and to believe the love of God in order to continue in the love of God. And we do that here. So that, you know, when I'm looking at the word and I see these things, I'll grab them as a confession for myself. I need to say this. I need to say this myself. And we say it here for us at Highway Church, and this is what it is. We dwell in love. We dwell in God. And God dwells in us. This is right out of the scripture. Our love is made perfect. You might scratch your head and say, what are you talking about? How can my love be made perfect? 
the Bible tells us herein, this is how our love is made perfect, when we dwell in God and God dwells in us. So what does this idea mean? You know, let's talk about that word dwell for a minute. Dwell. We, we, uh, you know, we mostly know it in saying dwelling. Our dwelling is where we live, our abode, right? <laughs> where we live is where we dwell. And I don't know, do you have that picture of that? Um, did you put that picture of the hearts? No. Oh, you didn't? Okay, I didn't. Yeah, yeah, you did? Do you have that picture? I just want, we pulled up this picture. There's the title, Leading, Leading Love. And I saw this and I thought, you know, there's God's love for us the big heart that is holding the inside heart. And God's love for us was first. It was bigger. It's all-encompassing. And our love is inside of that. So I want you to have this kind of a picture of dwelling in God. God's love is big. God's love is never-ending. God's love is unfailing. We've sung all of that this morning. And inside of God is where we dwell, is where we live. And our love, you think of like science, you know, that permeable membrane, semi-permeable membrane. Well, think of our heart as being a permeable membrane that the love of God flows in and out of. And that, but all the while, we're inside of God. We dwell inside of him. We live inside of him. But this only happens if we know God's love and we believe God's love. If we don't believe God's love, we shut it off, and that all of a sudden it becomes hard, and it's not flowing. It's not passing. If I can't believe that God would ever love me, if I've done too many things, I can't believe that God would ever love me, then I block the flow of the love of God. But as I'm inside and I have faith and I believe, I say, yes, I believe that God loves me, and I have known and I have seen, I acknowledge the love of God in my life, then that membrane is flowing. <laughs> and things are, you know, the love of God is free to come and to go, to come to you and to go out of you, all the while inside of the love of God, dwelling inside of God. Because God is love, am I right? Isn't that what the Bible says? God is love. So you can't say that you know God and not love. You can't say you, d you dwell in God and not dwell in love. So we want to make sure that we're doing both things. That's what we do at Highway Church. We know God's love. Start looking for it. <laughs> Start recognizing it. When a favor comes your way or when um, someone uh, does something for you, recognize it as the love of God being poured out in your life. You meet somebody. Somebody's helping you. Somebody's teaching you. Somebody's reaching you. Somebody's supplying something to you. Acknowledge it as the love of God in your life. Say, I know the love of God. And also believe it. I don't care what you've done. I don't care, <laughs> you know, I don't care how impossible the love of God seems or how amazing or how incomprehensible it is. He loves you and you just got to believe it. <laughs> you just got to believe it. So you know and believe the, God, the love that God has for us and will continue in it. You know, um, let's look at 1 John 14. Let's, or excuse me, 1 John 4, 19. Let's jump down there. The scripture we read, it says, we love him. Why? Because he first, there's that word first. Yeah. He first loved us. That is a leading love. And that's why I want to talk about it. We know we are all, we've been found by God. 
God sought after us. I think about all of us sitting here in this room. Each of us have a testimony, how we even got here, how we even got to understand God, how we ever heard of him, how we ever entered into a relationship with him. Each story is different. And he, and everyone I can guarantee is the leader. <laughs> he is the leader. You know, we weren't, we weren't looking for him. I mean, we might have been interested and curious, but that interest and that curiosity, he was leading it. <laughs> he is the leader in love. God's love is a leading love. It goes ahead of us. We love him only because he first loved us. And again, that heart that we saw, you know, we love has an overflow and an outflow of the love that, again, if we're knowing and believing the love of God uh, for ourselves, it's going to flow. <laughs> it's going to be able to go. And so we are only loving because he first loved us, because we're inside of God's love. Let's look at the um, ESV version of that same verse, Eden. I have it here. I don't have to look up. I'm sorry. ESV says we, it doesn't say we love him. It just simply says we love because he first loved us. And other translations, look at the next one, New Living Translation says we love each other because he loved us first. So we have we love him because he loved us first, we love because he loved us first, and we love each other because he loved us first. You know what? All of that, whether it's him or each other, is all flowing out of the fact that God loved us first, so now we love. You know, the love of God has changed us. We only know how to love because we first received the love of God. Amen. You know, and that makes sense, whether it's loving him or just love in general or loving others. That makes sense because of the commandment that he gave us in John 13, 34. Let's go there. John 13. Now we're going to the gospel of John. John 13, 34 in the King James says, A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. You know, we love in the same manner that God or that Christ loves us, is what this is saying. You know, our love, if God's love has led us to this place, our love for others should be a leading love as well. And we're going to talk more about that in just a minute. The example that God has for us, you know, we all know John 3.16. What does it say? For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. So out of this, I want you to know that God gave Jesus Let's look at what Jesus gave in John 14, 16. It's just a page over. John 14, 16 says, I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter. So I'm saying here, that's the Spirit of God. I'm saying here that Jesus, he requested the Father, and the Father gave the Spirit of God. And then if you look at John 20, a few pages over, John 20, verse 22 did I give that one to you, Eden? No, you don't have that one? And it's in my Bible? Yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't give that one to Eden. So John 20, 22 says, and when he said this, this is Jesus, he breathed on them, the, the disciples, and saith unto them, receive ye the Holy Ghost or Holy Spirit. So Jesus requested the Father, 
that he give the spirit of God. So I'm leading you somewhere. God gave the son, the son requested the father and the father gave the spirit. And come on and tell me, what does the spirit give us? The spirit gives us John 6, 63. Look at that. John 6, 63. The spirit gives life. So God gave the son. The son requested the father and the father gave the spirit. And the spirit gives life. But who is the life going to? Us. <laughs> the life is going to those who would believe. And that's why believing is so important. We can know the love of God, but we have to believe the love of God for us. So the spirit, all of this, God started this whole thing. He was the one who put it into motion. God sent the son, the son requested the father, and the father sent the spirit, and the spirit now gives us life. So the goal of God in the beginning of time, from the beginning, is that he would lead us to love, and that love would produce life. That's the same kind of love that we show others. In Jesus' name. Others, they could be anybody, your spouse, your children, your siblings, your friends, any kind of relationship at all. Anybody qualifies as an other. <laughs> but you know what? They're going to respond to you with the love that you show them, okay? With the kind of love that you show them. This is God's kind of love that we're talking. It's, it's a giving love. God gave the Son. The Son gave the Spirit. The Spirit gave life. So we're seeing here that leading love is a giving love. All right? But there are all kinds of things in the world that we call love. And uh, we probably operate in them sometimes, but I want us to become aware of what we're doing and make sure that we correct ourselves, that we operate in the same manner, the same kind of love that God loved us, a leading love, a giving love. So whatever you love somebody with, whomever it may be, maybe your children, maybe your spouse, grandchildren, uh, a friend, whatever you are loving them, and I do this to say that not everything that we're doing <laughs> that we think is love is love, but whatever we are giving to a person, they're going to respond in, in that manner. Um, so let's talk about other things that we might think are love. You know, if you're loving your spouse or you're loving your children with feelings and adoration all the time, it's um, oh, you know, you're just, you're just such a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful child. And, oh, you know, and you're just so wonderful. And, and, my, hus and my husband, he's just so wonderful. And that's the, that's the end of it. Those are just feelings and adoration. And you do nothing wrong. You're perfectly amazing. You're gorgeous. You're handsome. You do all of this all the time. You know what this is going to produce in them is a pride <laughs> where they say, oh, really? I'm all this. I'm all that. Wow. Tell me some more, you know? This is how they'll respond. And that's really not the love that we're talking about here. And there's a lot of that going on, but that's not love. We're talking about a leading love, a love that gives. If I'm loving with hollow words, uh, <laughs> if I just say, hey, hey, great job, guys. I know you came in last place, but you're a winner. You know, there's a lot of that today, <laughs> too. I know that your pottery looks like something. I have no idea what it is, but it's the best one in the whole class, you know? <laughs> you know what? That's going to produce inside. Those are hollow words. They're not words full of meaning. That's not love. Those are hollow words, and they produce in the person who's hearing them an emptiness and a doubt. They can see that this thing isn't that fabulous, and you're telling them it's the greatest thing in the class. And they're going to begin to think, 
uh, you know, to doubt the things that you say because your words have been hollow. That's not the kind of love we're talking about either. We're talking about the love of God. God doesn't do that. <laughs> God doesn't say, hey, hey, great job. You're, you're flat on your face. No, you know, <laughs> he's there to help us. His love is going to lead us out of that flat on the, fla- on the face place. <laughs> Fat on the, flat on the face place. Flat on the face place. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I've been there. <laughs> you know, if you love somebody with pity, love, I'm saying love, if you love somebody with pity, Oh, look at them. That's just horrible. Oh, I'm so sorry for your situation. Please, oh, let me just show you some love. You know what that's going to produce in them is shame. You know, I'm in this, and the only reason that they love me is because I'm in this terrible situation. Produces shame in a person. All right? Pride. If all the time you're like, whoa, you are the, you know, again, it's this kind of similar to adoration, but you're the best. There's nobody greater. I've never met anybody like you ever in the whole wide world. Um, or, oh, I'm sorry, that's, I'm sorry, that's wrong. This is the example in this. Pride. Pride is, I, I love how you make me look. <laughs> I love, you're so gorgeous, come be with me, you make me look so good. Oh, keep doing all that great stuff and keep earning that money because the more you do that, it makes me look so good. If you're love, if you're loving someone because of the way they make you look, that person is going to feel devalued. The only reason they like me is because of what I'm bringing them and what I'm producing. Um, I guess my value pff, is not so much except for what I can do for them. That's not love. <laughs> I'm telling you, all this stuff is floating around out there, and none of it is the love of God. The love of God is a leading love. It's leading us to life. Flattery. You know, you can say, oh, my goodness, I love your bag. Nice nails. Oh, you're so great. Guys, whoa, you really must have had a great workout. You look really, you know, whatever. Flattery. All of that stuff is going to create insecurity. You tell your kids, you know, oh, you know, you're just so cute. They're going to create insecurity. Well, if I'm not great, you know, (laughs) this is not the love of God. Jealousy. We don't want to love with a jealousy and hang on to somebody. I love you. You're going to love me, right? (laughs) You know, to love somebody, there is jealous love. But to love them, again, that's kind of selfish, right? And selfishness and lust, this is oftentimes substituted for love or thought to be love. But selfishness and lust leave someone else feeling abused. The love of God produces life. And when we love others in that same manner, they're, they're knowing life and they're knowing a freedom. They're free. They're not thinking about insecurity. They're not feeling abused. They're not being devalued. They're not doubting your words or feeling empty. They're not full of pride. They're knowing life and freedom and the love of God. This is the kind of love that we love God with. Again, look at that John 13, 34. A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you, you also love one another. God hasn't loved us with hollow words. God didn't love us because he felt sorry for us. Some people think that. God didn't love us because he felt bad for us. God didn't love us because he was proud himself and needed someone to make him look so super. Um, God didn't love us because he was selfish. 
God loved us because he wanted to lead us into life. God loves us with a love that leads to life and to freedom. You know, whenever I gave my life to the Lord, I realized that day. It was very clear. You know, I could have gone and gotten baptized and followed the prescribed whatever that my church was saying, and I would have said, yay, I'm saved. But I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to follow the prescribed and do this like everybody else was doing. I was waiting. I was waiting for the Lord to minister, to speak to me, to show me things. And you know, when I got to that day, there were things that I knew that day that I probably wouldn't have known if I had just followed the prescribed ritual of my church to be saved. When I got to that day, I understood this. I have nothing to give God. I've got nothing to give him. I knew the love of God. I was experiencing the love of God, and I was believing the love of God. I knew it, and I, and I believed it that day, and I understood that day. I've got nothing to give him. <laughs> I, I can't impress him. I have nothing to give him. I have nothing to offer him. I can't pay him back. It was just a revelation that God loves me, and it was very clear. I have nothing to give. Had I been baptized, as the church prescribed that I would have been baptized in order to be saved, I would have said, oh, here's what I give. I do this. But I knew in responding, you know what? No, I've got, I've got nothing to give. I've got nothing to give. I could do nothing to secure his love. <laughs> I, I could do nothing to secure his love. It was already done. He already died on the cross. He already gave his life. He already showed the extent that he loved me. And, I, and it was already done. It wasn't contingent on my behavior. It wasn't, uh, it, God's love wouldn't change if, if I did this or that. I knew that I, there's nothing that I need to do to secure this love. It's already given. It's already given. And I told you before, I understood nobody could love me more or nobody could love me better than God. The things that I need, and I was only 12 at the time, but I knew there are things way down deep in here <laughs> that no one can touch and no one will ever know. And no one may ever be able to, um, I may never be able to communicate the things that are way down in there. But God loves me. And he loves me more and he loves me better than any husband, any boyfriend at that time. <laughs> um, you know, loves me better than any, anyone that I could ever meet. And I said this to you too. You know, my response, I understood this too. My response is not a formulaic proof is what I wrote. In other words, I prove my love to God if I did, 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 did. no, no, no. My love for God is shown by faith that I would believe <laughs> that he loved me. That's all that we need to do is simply believe. And we won't continue in love if we are doubting that. So we'll go back to that. You know, as we love others with the love of God, this kind of love, a leading love, a giving love, then they in turn can love others with the same love of God. And you know, it's going to go on and on and on and on and on and on and on. If we are loving others with something else other than the love of God, like I said before in that picture, the flow will stop. So, you know, I really encourage us to evaluate, how am I speaking to my children? How am I speaking to my grandchildren? How am I speaking to my spouse? What kind of love, if it's love at all, have I been loving them with? And begin to say this, we dwell in love, we dwell in God, and God dwells in us. Our love is made perfect. 
As we love others with the love of God, they in turn can love others with the love of God and it'll just go on. Any other kind of love will stop short and it cuts off the flow. You know, our relationship with you is as pastors. And, um, but I want us to kind of change our thinking about this a little bit today. Um, oh, you know what? Let's go quickly to Psalm 23. We've always read Psalm 23 as, usually from the perspective of the sheep, that God is our shepherd, and he is. So Jesus is the good shepherd, and he is. And that we are the sheep, and that we are receiving his love. And we have received his love. We do believe it. We've known it, and we've believed it. Now I want us to think about those that we might shepherd, that God has given us to shepherd children, spouses, grandchildren. Again, different people in our lives God gives us to shepherd. And I want you to hear this and read this in a different perspective. Again, making Psalm 23 now a confession of the kind of love with which we love others. As an under-shepherd, in our relationship with you as well, this is our confession concerning you as the church and Joseph and I as pastors. God being, uh, oh, I'm sorry, our sheep shall not want. They should be made to lie down and rest. When I deal with someone, they should come away in rest. They should be led to green pasture. I should be feeding them good things. Not that I'm supplying the pasture. I'm not coming up with good things to say to people. Again, don't, don't come up with empty words. I'm not supplying the pasture, but I'm leading them. There's that leading love again. I'm leading others to the word so that they can feed on the word until they're made fat. They should be led to still waters. When someone's done dealing with me, they ought to feel that they've just come away from still waters, not a raging storm, (laughs) okay? Not that I took them into a tizzy, you know, and made their life crazy and all the more. No, when I deal with others and I'm done with them, they should feel as though they've been led to still waters. Their souls should be restored. They should be led in paths of righteousness. I should be leading them in paths of righteousness. I should be modeling and exampling for them righteousness. They should not fear evil, even when it looms and threatens. They should know that we are with them and that we are for them. This is how people should walk away from us. (laughs) They should be comforted after being with us, after receiving guidance and discipline. They should experience abundance and carry an anointing. They should acknowledge God's goodness and mercy, and they should dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So I don't know if you had ever thought of that before, but to switch the perspective, if we are loving others in the same manner, and Jesus is our good shepherd, and he's shepherding and caring for us, if we are truly under him, shouldn't others who are under us also be experiencing this rest and being led to green pastures and knowing <laughs> abundance and knowing an anointing and knowing the goodness of God. You know, um, I'm just saying again, as God is leading us to life, our love for others should be leading them to life. And it's just something to consider, to look, to go home this week, to be considering, how have I been showing love? Is it truly the love of God? And if it hasn't been, you know what? We start today. We make our confession today. We say today, you know, that we love in the same manner as Christ has loved us. At Highway Church, we want you to both know and believe in God's love for you. Knowing His love for you personally 
and believing that His love for you never fails will enable you to love others. Receive His love today and let His love lead the way.